Greetings and welcome back to episode number nine of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast, Design Live with Taylor Donaldson of Tailored Marketing. Taylor is a theater marketing professional who has a very specific niche, and we talked a lot in this conversation about how he ended up doing what he is doing now, which is theater marketing, how he figured out that that's the niche he wanted to work for, and how to use social media marketing to kind of get those first clients in the door start growing your brand, and really step out on your own entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the episode. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. I'm super excited to have you on. We were just on Instagram talking about theater marketing, which is your niche. But for people maybe who missed the Instagram portion or who don't follow you yet, maybe you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Taylor. Um, My background is actually in theater and stage management and And as of January 2019, I started tailored marketing and management to give people a tailored experience um, as far as social media and marketing and graphic design and audio design and basically anything you need to sell your show. Perfect. The whole the whole shebang. which is great. Um, But I want to talk to you a little bit and what we kind of started touching on over on Instagram um, was the idea of leaning into your niche, like figuring out what you love the best or coming from a background and then making a pivot into starting your own business. How did you kind of figure out like, okay, I really, really like this. I'm really good at it. I love this whole like community experience. And now I'm going to take that and kind of run with it on my own thing. Cause it's kind of scary to step out on your own. Yeah. So I actually started in theater really late. Like I wasn't a theater kid growing up. I sang and was in choir, but it wasn't until I got to college when I um, had an advisor that was like, you need to check out the musical theater program. And so I actually was doing musical theater. And then I had another advisor was like, okay, listen, let's talk. She was like, I want you to stage manage the show and then take all of my classes about stage management and about marketing and then dance. She's also the dance instructor. So she was like, you're also going to take all my dance classes. So um, I actually able to like find things that I really, really enjoyed and combine them with things because I, I mean, I didn't know a lot about theater and I didn't know a lot about marketing. And so, you know, that was my freshman and sophomore year was just like, okay, what am I actually getting myself into? Um, And then, but like I said, like I didn't start my business until 20, um, 2019, end of 2018. So it took it took a little bit. I graduated college in 2013, and so it was a few years before I was like, "Oh, I can like I can do this on my own." Wait a like, second. like I can start my own company. Yeah, that's awesome, and I love a pun. Of course, tailored, amazing, perfect. That actually came to me. I went to see a friend's show. He was in The Wiz, and my friends and I Ooh. went to see him in Houston, and we were coming back. And I was in the back seat, and I was like, 
I just, I don't, it just came to me. And like, I immediately started sketching out the logo and the concept and everything. And that's kind of what started it was theater. And it's stuck. Memorable, it's on theme. We love that. It's definitely easy to say, easy to spell. Perfect, A plus. It's so funny, my business name, like I didn't even really choose it. <laughs> kind of similar to you. I was kind of in college, I majored in fine arts and art history. So I thought my whole life goal, I was just gonna be like an art curator. Cause I liked making art, but I wasn't necessarily that kid that was like constantly sketching in their sketchbook with like all these crazy ideas. I also didn't particularly love the starving artist stereotype. I was like, man, I don't want to starve. <laughs> I don't want that to be my life trajectory. Um, but if you gave me a prompt, like I could go with it. And I, and I was always like super good with deadlines, pretty organized, pretty good student. But I really wanted to be a museum curator. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna put on events and like hang out with artists and like rich people and it would be great. And I got a museum internship and I was like, okay, so you're saying this is an office job. Like I have to be inside all day and like chained to a desk all day. I was like, uh-uh, not for me. Like the events were cool and the events made it awesome, but it kind of made me reconsider my whole path. And then it wasn't until my senior year that I started kind of like dabbling in design. I was like, oh, this is really fun. And my first gigs I got through my mom, through some of her friends, they owned like, um, it was called Premier Inflatables. And they did these giant inflatable movie screens. That was my first client. And they needed like just promotional, like social media graphics, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And they're like, okay, what do you charge? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. And my mom's like, just charge more than you would babysitting. So I was making $12 an hour babysitting. So I charged them $15 an hour. And I thought I was getting away with highway robbery. I was wow. like, what? You're saying I don't have to leave the house and I can just email them stuff. And then I can send them an invoice and they'll pay me. Like my 20 year old brain was just like, Phew. like I had no idea that that possibility. Um, so then it was like no looking back after that. But a, a big question I usually get on my social media platforms is like, how do you get those first clients? How do you network? How do you continue to bring business and bring leads into your business, especially if you don't have a lot of experience when you are just really fresh? So I'd love to hear your advice on that. For me, it's just been like, I was already doing theater and I was in theater. So it became theater saying like, oh, we need someone to design the poster. We need someone to go out and make our social media graphics or whatever. And I was like, wait, I can do that. Can, let, can I try? And so, mm -hmm. and then it became word of mouth. Like I uh, actually just got a new client um, on Saturday. They nice. are doing a show. And so they were like, hey, can you make our poster? And then, you know, we'll go from there. We'll talk. So fingers crossed on that Great. one. But that's really, it really was just word of mouth and yeah. being at in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and I think there's also like an air of confidence to that, right? Like you have to be confident enough to try to do something that you may not have experience doing. And I think a lot of people who are students or who are just getting like getting started get stuck at that part because they're like, oh, I've never done hang tags before. I've never made a brochure before. I've never made social graphics before. And it's like, well, yeah, but how else are you gonna learn until you just go for it? Have you worked on projects before where you're like, got you took it on being like, I've never done this, but let's try. Definitely. Yes? There's yeah. definitely been times I was like, well, sink or swim, we're about to find out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, how did you approach that then? Do you have kind of like, a, is that a conversation you have with the client on the front end where you're like, hey, listen, I don't have a lot of experience in this. It's something I'm interested in. How do you negotiate your pricing at that point? Because I know what I do, which is I try to say, 
I was doing social media management for like a year. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I'll do it just because I know I could do a better job than what you're doing, small business owner. Right. <laughs> That's never been on Instagram before. And at the time I was running, at, at the peak, I was running 12 Instagram accounts. Log in, log out, log in, log out. You could not have multiple logins. And it was like 2016. And I was just like going nuts. And I was like, no, no, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I ended up kind of being like, yeah, I think you need to work with someone else. But that was definitely an example of like a risk where I was like, I think I charged people like $300 to run their Instagram. Yeah. And it yeah, was it's definitely yeah. like being transparent and being upfront, but then also like doing research and I'm lucky to have friends that I can call and be like, okay, hey, I need, like, I have a friend that's a, a, an artist. And so I'm like, hey, like I need a logo and I'm not going to be able to do it. Like what, let's talk. Yeah, no, that's, that brings up a good point as well as like having the right people in your community. It sounds like going through theater as well. Like you have to have that team mentality of your lighting guy and your sound guy and your whatever and your actors and everything that's going on. So it's nice to kind of have people in your back pocket. Yeah, theater is all about networking. It's such a small world. You see people in shows and you you know, you show up to rehearsal and you're like, oh, I did a show with them or I've seen them in a show. Like it was actually just this week. Um, I think you tagged me in the group and asking some advice to the girl that you had connected me with. Like I had seen her in a show in Houston or I'd seen that she had worked there. Amazing. It's just, it's really, the theater is a small world, which is totally helpful. I mean, social media is a small world too. I had like the craziest social media moment. I was in a dressing room in a boutique on a tiny, tiny island off of Bali with my friends trying on like bathing suits. And I was just like talking to my friend through the, the doors of the dressing rooms. I was like, yeah, like I like it, whatever. I don't know. I'm going to try the other one on. And I came out of the dressing room and this girl goes, Michelle. And I was like, what? She I said, she's like, hi, I follow you on Instagram. I recognized your voice from your Instagram stories. I was like, what? <laughs> like, we were like in this super remote area. Like it was crazy. It's so funny. And it's just like such a weird thing to think about because I think my approach to social media has always been so casual. And I just assume that everyone that watches my stories, like I also watch all of their stories. So it just, to me, I feel like I know these people, but some of my best friends from Instagram, I've never met in person ever, but it's wild. It's wild. And now that's starting to happen with TikTok as well, which is oh, kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I've, I've got to imagine that a lot of the theater people you work with are just loving TikTok. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people on there. Like there's some, there's two. Two guys, um, one was in like Hamilton and and they're like, you know, here we are at home. Let's just make TikToks. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's cool to see because it's challenging because it's creative in a different way. But it's it's been fun right. to watch them as creators. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure the other opportunity I was kind of like nerding out on about TikTok was like talent acquisition. Like you could absolutely be a talent scout through TikTok. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I mean, and it's happening, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely happening. Like there are people like there's a guy that I follow who just was going to Dunkin' Donuts and just like talking about it. He's like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Yes, and then, I follow him too. yes, he's hilarious. And this little character that he's made. And then he was like in a commercial like for mm -hmm. Dunkin'. Like that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's oh, yes. Let's talk about Tabitha. Love her. If that's your business, yes, she's fabulous. And she also is getting like tons of influencer deals. Crushing, yeah. crushing. And I th that's where I feel like it's such a unique social platform because whereas on Instagram, 
I think I loved Instagram really early on because a lot of the graphic designers I followed took to stories right away. Like as soon as stories was a feature, this was like right when I was like just graduated college, was really in the beginning of my business and was watching these graphic designers like just all day long. And they were, they were showing the back end of their process. Like one of the designers I follow, she designs graphic tees and she literally showed every single piece and part of her process. Like, this is how I sketch. This is how I do it on the computer. This is how I manipulate fonts. This is how I choose colorways. This is how I source product. This is how we get them printed. This is my markup. And this is how I ship them. And I was like, holy smokes, like she's sharing everything. This is amazing. And now I think of that opportunity as well with TikTok, right? Like you, there's this new platform to reach even more people, more eyeballs. And I've totally like adopted the whole live stream thing, which we talked about a little bit on Instagram, but it does give you a really great sense of community. Wouldn't you say? That's very important right now too. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not able to like go and see people and like, I like, I'm probably not, sorry, but I'm probably not going to like, you know, hop on a plane and come visit you in San Diego. But <laughs> like, we've been able to work together because mm-hmm. there's been late, even though like there's a time difference. Like I've been here, like I'll pull up my tablet and just like watch you work while I'm working. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's just community. We need to let you take over some lives here on maybe on my TikTok <laughs> or yours. And, and it is, it gives you this opportunity to like, for me, I'm a social person. And so I usually am at co-working spaces or coffee shops or whatever. And I like asking people's opinion. But for me, it gives me this opportunity to be doing my work and simultaneously marketing myself, which is just like a slam dunk. It's just a good use of time at this point. But also getting feedback from fellow creatives and like having that collaboration feeling, I think is something that TikTok is doing particularly well. Instagram does also. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts of like your projections into the future as far as social media goes as a marketing minded person. Where do you think things are headed? What trends are you anticipating? What's your hot take? I mean, we're already seeing TikTok, you know, take off and like, you know, Beyonce has you know, sample music from there. Like there's so many like influencers coming from TikTok now because it's a different demographic. And and the people that are on there is a completely different different demographic than when I started. Mm -hmm. Like probably because of the pandemic, like, like now you're seeing like the moms that are on there and they're just posting like them and their kids or their dogs, which is another topic because I will just sit on there for hours and watch dog videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and there's just all these different sides, different facets to it, because the way that the platform works is like it's going to expose content to you that it thinks you want to see based on your user behavior. I can nerd out about for forever. It's like user behavior in social media. But it's so interesting because that just means that you could pick up anybody's TikTok and you would see totally different material. Yeah. So for business, on the other hand, I think there's like it's like a gold rush moment. I think it's having a little bit of like uh, people are coming, finding really quick success and having a great time with it. And it's only going to get better, but then it's also only going to get saturated. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I think I was hitting this frustration with Instagram where it just felt like with Instagram, there's such a script for how you're supposed to be on Instagram. Are you do the post? Do you do all the hashtags? You got to do the stories blah, blah, blah. and then everybody's got the same 15 photos and especially traveling. I noticed this so hard, just like everyone's got the same shot from the same angle. And then it's that whole Instagram versus reality like scenario, right? But then you, that's also how you do your research or for me anyway, it's how I would research a place I wanted to travel to. So it just kind of became this whole cycle of like 
things that just kept repeating themselves. So I feel like TikTok became this great opportunity to like start fresh. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you feel the same? I, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah? If, if nothing else, you know, it is just somewhere else to go. Like, I don't even look at Facebook anymore. Sorry. Other than like, like I'll get on and look uh, notifications in this group and then like I'm in some other yeah. groups and that sense of community has been great. But like somewhere else on my timeline, you know, other than looking at the, those groups and some see what theaters are doing because that's, you know, completely different now too. So it's, I'll just spend hours on TikTok and a little yeah. bit on Instagram, but. Yeah. Zach Anderson, I have a question from the Facebook group for you. Do you ever approach theaters to do their poster design or promotional materials or yeah. are they approach you or is it split? Would you say it's 50, 50 split? I would say, yeah, I would say it's pretty split. Um, I recently had a theater reach out to me just because I was already involved with the show. And so they were just like, Hey, like you're already involved with the show. You know, the concepts that we are wanting to do for this show because it's different, you know, with every creative team, you know, it could be the same show, but different creators, uh, different creative teams are going to see that show differently. And so they just reached out to me like, you already know our plan. Um, it also helps that my roommate is the lead in the show. So her and I are going to hey. have a little fun here in a little bit. We're going to go outside and take oh, some pictures and I'm going to move for the poster. So, but yeah, it, it, it's split. There are some theater and I have a list of like goals, like theaters that I would love to work with. And so like, you know, once they start opening up, I'll, you know, go and try to hit them up and be like, Hey, who's doing your marketing? Who's doing your posters? Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that that perfectly forays into the whole example of like, get really good at one niche. Like position yourself for one niche because then you can be like that theater marketing guy where it's like a slam dunk. You know what I mean? I think for me, I had a very similar moment probably end of last year where I really loved working for like millennial entrepreneurs. I spent a lot of time chasing like high ticket clients, like a lot of interior designers and coaches and physical therapists and stuff. And just kind of like people who had really big budgets. It's like, oh, that means I'm going somewhere. I'm like working with all these big budget clients. But they, the projects went on for five ever. And I was so creatively drained. And I got approached with this opportunity to do branding for Bad Bitch Book Club. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this sounds so up my alley. Like this would be so fun to work on. But she's like, hey, like I'm do this as a side thing. This is not my main hustle. Like I've got 500 bucks. And at the time, I think I was charging like $3,000 for branding. And I was like, mm, I really want to do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. here's the thing. I'm like, I was like, why don't just tell me what you want? Like, let's have one discovery call and let me just like go off the races and just present something. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, like it's fine. But that's literally how like my brandini, like my mini brand design service came about because it was so fun. We did her whole brand in 16 days, knocked it out of the park. She's now come back for like different merch designs and t-shirt designs. Now she's launching a podcast. We're working on that together. So it's turned into a bigger project, but it was so refreshing to work on something because we just like, we understood each other. Like she was going to be marketing on social media. She was going to be tagging me. We share the same audience. I was like, okay. So then I kind of pivoted and was like, all right, I need to make a service for like the millennial entrepreneur, like truly like, and something that wasn't the whole enchilada brand design service, but something that was more like a bite-sized chunk. Um, but still like very high quality. And yeah, that's kind of been a weird thing. But now the Brandini, the mini brand design service is my most popular service. Like 80% of my clients choose that one. Just because I feel like it just gives them just enough tools that they need mm-hmm. without having to do everything, right? Yeah. And then you can so, tell them free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And then it can kind of like, it can kind of grow and evolve into other things based on what they need instead of like coming straight out the gate. And I think there's, there's this tendency, especially for small business owners to like want to create packages with just like 500 things packed into them and be like, Oh, that's how I'm going to charge top dollar. But really it's about being super, super good at something that's really dialed in, I think. And like a good process is worth paying more for than more assets. Yeah, I agree. I actually have two friends um, from college. They, we were all in theater together. We spent all our time together and they have both started their own businesses within the past few months. So one of them has like a vegan bakery. She's making stuff from oh. home, like taking it to people. And then another friend is doing like a spiritual holistic healing business. And so both of them were like, okay, let's talk. And I'm like, let's go. Like, I don't care what your budget is. Like, I want to help you because we're friends, but I also know exactly who they are. I like, I already know what they want. Mm-hmm. Like I did a call with my friend that's doing the uh, vegan bakery, you know, and she was like, this is it. Like, you know, exactly yeah. what's going on in my head. I'm like, well, yes, we've spent so much time together. Right. Right. Definitely. And I think when you, when you trust someone because you know them and you know their aesthetic or you know that they have experience, it makes the whole thing much easier. Right. So like, why wouldn't a theater company hire you when like you've had all this experience with theater companies, you're just saving them from having to explain what they're after. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's advantageous to them. To mm-hmm. work with you. So it makes, yeah. it makes your sales mm-hmm. call very easy. Right. <laughs> it's the theaters just, you know, there's, there's lingo and there's stuff that if you're not on the inside, if you don't know, you know, if they say certain things and you're like, what? Okay. They're going to know real quick that you're probably not the one that they need to go with. So. Right. Right. No, that's such a good point. It's such a good point. Cool. So do you have any projects coming up that you're really loving or looking forward to? What can we expect from tailored marketing in the future? Well, um, so like I said, I just got a new client that um, is doing a musical. They're doing Bright Star, which is um, written by Steve Martin. And it's a beautiful show based on a true story. It's heartbreaking and it's beautiful. And so I'm working on that one. Um, Like I said, my roommate and my best friend is in the show. And so that one is the newest one. I have some other things that I'm working on, but that's that's the newest one. So that's the one I'm really excited about. Very cool. There's another question that just came in from Zach. Thank you, Zach, for your questions. He's asking, is it worth it to do complementary design projects in order to possibly obtain new clients? Or do you recommend always charging for something? I know my answer. And he was also a star. Yes. (laughs) Love that show. (laughs) Amazing. I would say, yes. I would say, you know, offer what you can. Um, the show that before they offered me um, to do their marketing, like I was already ready to be like, Hey, you know, if you haven't done, cause I know it's a small community theater and I was ready to be like, Hey, I have a concept for the poster. If you want to look at it, luckily they came to me first and they were like, can you do this? Great. We're having a board meeting. We've already talked about it. Here you go. So, but I mean, I think, I definitely think uh, it doesn't hurt to go out there and say like, Hey, I have a concept. Um, if you want to use it, because it's going to, it's only going to go further. If they like what they see, then then we can start talking about compensation. Yeah, I think I think that is definitely what I was su- going to suggest. Also, I think there's a lot of power in the pitch. I think 
whether you're charging or not charging, I would definitely encourage people to charge money. But then again, if it's something that you truly have no experience in, you're not really on any soapbox to be charging top dollar, right? But I think making sure that you're positioning yourself in a way of like, I'm really passionate about this, or I feel really like this could be the right move for you guys. It just shows that you're going above and beyond to understand what their needs are and not necessarily just like throwing free services out there to throw free services out, right? So even with my clients, like when I present their branding, I say, this is what I'm pitching as what you should do for your branding. And then I'm, instead of saying like, here's what I made, I'm saying, here's what like you should be doing with your business is <laughs> like mm-hmm. kind of the pitch. And it makes it, um, it makes it better because it's, it's a, in a way everyone wants to feel like heard and seen and all this stuff. And so if you can use people's language and like you're saying, like use their lingo, understand their needs, understand the issues or the, the road bumps that they're coming into and then solve them, then that's stuff. That's what people are paying for. They're paying for you to help them not necessarily paying for the, the end product. You know what I mean? I'm also not above like accepting free things and, you know, like here I'll design a poster and I'll get some comp tickets to come see the show. Hey, perks Perks are a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Well, you have a perk for everybody that's watching. I do. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, if you go over to my website at the very bottom, there is um, a little form to fill out. You can fill that out and you'll be on my newsletter. And so I have to say first that I um, am someone who is certified to sell merchandise. So this is something that I do for small business owners and for theaters. Basically, anything that you can put a logo on, literally just about mask, hand sanitizer, whatever. And so um, I have these right here that I'm going to be giving away. They're super cool. They're called Rocket Books. This is the mini one. And this is, I have this one. Um, They just sent these to me and they're really cool because they come with like the friction pins that you can erase. And so you write on these and you can take a picture and send it to the cloud. And then when you're done, you just take the little cloth that comes with it and you just wipe it off. And they're super. Yeah. I always write notebooks and then I never open the notebook ever again. Do you do this too? I'm like on a client call. I'm like, oh, "Oh, I'm writing this down. (laughs) It's like I never reference Uh, it ever again. Yeah, no, I have tons of notebooks that are just collecting. They're decoration at this point. Yeah. There's one more question that Zach has that I want to get to because I think it's a good one. And we'll touch on it quickly just because we're chilling and it's a Friday. Um, What are your thoughts on trying to recreate the Broadway poster look? For example, our high school did Bright Star and we always create original work. Our art teacher is a fantastic graphic designer, but there was a rival school doing Bright Star and they just completely copied the Broadway graphics for their show. Thoughts. I don't know what the intellectual property laws are with this kind of stuff. Do you? Do you know how closely you can reference the original? It really depends. When you purchase the rights to the show, a lot of times they will give you, um, especially if it's educational, they will give you like, here's the logo, here's the everything that you need, just go. And you are able to just kind of puzzle piece everything together. Um, I, I mean, I love original works. Like I actually was doing research on Bright Star and found the guy who designed Bright Star, all of his concepts, and then found out that he also did stuff for Mean Girls and Waitress and Hamilton and like all these. So now I'm like fangirling over him. But um, I think, I think there's a line because I definitely, I appreciate people that go and do the original uh, or do like do original work. But also if someone, if you're, 
in a space, um, if you're in a community or a city that people know the show, and if you're trying to market that show completely different than it was originally marketed, right. you're going to miss you're going to miss the audience completely because they're going to be looking for those specific colors and fonts and right. feels that they might not may not get in an original. So it really depends. I think like educational is different. And when I was in college, like we were, you know, we were encouraged to come up with original artwork. Um, yeah. but, but in other, you know, I've worked with a lot of community theaters and I've, you know, had uh, directors and creative teams that say like, we want the original or we want something that resembles the original, you know, at least in that realm. So do you find that to be creatively stifling or do you kind of like having some, some guidelines some bumpers basically to kind of play within? I like to have guidelines. That's just, I, yeah. that's just who I am. Like if I can have, even when I did my research, like I'll pull all of the ones that I can find that I like and we'll pull pieces of different things. Um, that's what I'm doing with Bright Star right now. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm pulling stuff from the original, but stuff from, you know, a high school or another community theater. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I like guidelines. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so interesting because it's very similar like with the logo design world as well, right? Like there's a fine line between being inspired and then just straight out copying something else. But it's it's really hard to enforce, right? Because there's this whole idea in, in art in general that like nothing truly comes from nothing. Like everything is a mishmash of stuff that you've seen or experienced or heard or whatever. It's very interesting. You'll have to share the poster with us when you finish it in the Facebook group. I will. I will. I'd love, to see it. I'd love to see it. Cool. So anyone that wants to work with you, connect with you, how can they do that? And um, how can they maybe win that rocket notebook? So um, I would say go over to my website. It's T-A-Y-L-O-R-D-M-M.com. Um, there you can find my social. You can find my past projects and um, sign up for my newsletter. And that's how you can win the Rocket Book. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much for coming on. Everybody go make sure you follow Taylor. Um, but yeah, have a great Friday. And thanks so much for coming on Design Live. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.